0: mm mm-hmm. I'm changing gears tonight. I've been talking about eight uh, things you need to know about tests and trials. I have one more message, but I'm going to save it because I've got something that was on my heart I wanted to share. So uh, this is just uh, an an anomaly. It's a separate uh, standalone message. I want to talk about end time update. Can I do that? Because there's a lot going on. And uh, I have... (laughs) Okay, so first of all, notes. There are voluminous notes tonight. I will not get to all that, but I did it for references' sake because I can't, I don't have time. I've got 14 pages, but I won't go that far, I promise. We're going to give you the the Cliff Notes version, but victorychurchnotes.com. You can go there and look at the notes because I've got some graphs and charts there. And there's a lot of information. I've got some hyperlinks there that I, um, I probably at some point will reference here as I get into this. So I uh, just want to encourage you. Follow along. You can use your phone to do it or if you've got your iPad with you or whatever. But uh, that will help you as I talk about this. There's a lot going on. How many believe that Jesus is coming back? How many believe that he couldn't come back in our lifetime? So I have taught a lot about this. I also mentioned to uh, Isaiah, who oversees our creative arts department and helps us with all things with our website and MP4s, which is video, MP3 audio and all that. But um, I just uh, mentioned to him tonight that I I want to make available the revelation series I did it, it took 38 lessons and it's probably over 30 hours of teaching went verse by verse through the book of revelation uh and I didn't I told him I, I just don't want that to be hidden on the website somewhere let's make that let's bring that out public because there's so much going on now and it's like uh we're in a time warp things are speeding up have you noticed and everybody's interested what's going on nothing's normal and you know, I always wondered, people, when I came to Jesus 47 years ago, people would say, you know, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming soon. And you always think, well, what's that going to be like? Well, here it is. And it's nothing like I thought it would be. I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, th- this is different than anything. But anyway, he's coming back, and I'm excited about it. So uh, the sequel to what I want to say tonight will be Sunday morning. I just don't have time to go there. I'm barely going to ta- have time to squeak this in, so we're going to see what happens. There is a lot going on. I think I'll jump right in. There's a there's an article that I, hard, I usually don't hard copy things, but I did this. I put a hyperlink of this um, this article on the uh, notes online so you could read it yourself. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the Middle East, and the thing that grabs my attention uh, was when I read this article, and there's several in the same vein. What's happening is been meeting of there's been a meeting um, at the United Nations of. All things Middle East and such and uh, Saudi Arabia is stepping up to the plate and uh, they are wanting to foment peace with Israel and actually trade negotiations and such with Israel. And that's really, really interesting and they're ready to make a pact or a treaty with them. And I'm going to get into this tonight, you go see why it's turning my head, you know. Um, animals, when they hear noises, you know, they turn their ears on horse. If you've ever ridden a horse, you got a noise over here. He turns his ear first. Well, it's turning. My ears don't turn, but <laughs> it's turning my ears. It's like, okay, something's going on, right? So, so Jesus is coming back. And what's happening is extremely significant. So um, the hyperlink at the beginning of the notes uh, is one of the first one is from this article. So let me just read, I highlighted in yellow, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, that's of of Israel, on Friday delivered a remarkable speech celebrating a potentially historic transformation for Israel and its regional relations and security for broader uh, Jewish Islamic ties, very significant, and for much of the rest of the international community as Well, and uh, the other thing, um, uh, another part says every day we get closer to Saudi-Israeli peace In what the crown prince of Saudi Arabia said would mark the biggest historic, historical deal since the end of the Cold War. And that was 30 years ago. And then this last section says this, I believe he said this, Benjamin Netanyahu Prime Minister of Israel, I believe that we are at the cusp of an even more dramatic breakthrough, a historic peace with Saudi Arabia, the Prime Minister declared. Such a peace will go a long way to ending the Arab-Israeli conflict. It will encourage other Arab states to normalize relations with Israel. It will enhance the prospects of peace with the Palestinians. It will encourage a broader reconciliation between Judaism, Islam, between Jerusalem, Mecca, between the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael. My goodness. Goodness, So why, you say, well, Pastor, why is that so interesting to you? Because I know the Bible. And because God revealed 400, uh, 490 years into the future of Israel's uh, future to Daniel. When he was in his 80s, he was praying. He was concerned about Israel. The Babylonians had taken over Israel, breached the walls, uh, torn, I mean, just messed up the whole place. Actually, you know, took the... Uh, The uh, Israelis as exiles And and brought them into their country of Babylon And that's where uh, Daniel spent most of his life And he was so concerned about Israel So concerned about the people of God The promises God made to his ancestor Abraham, Isaac, Jacob And all of the promises And you know they had departed from God They had, uh, Israel had messed up They had begun to worship the false gods Of the nations that surrounded them Much like what America is doing today In that we have left the valley values, the Judeo-Christian values that made our nation great. And we're, we've allowed so many things to occupy our time and our hearts that it's pulled us away from the people that we were, the great people that we were. How many know God wants to do something big in America again? So you just got to understand that was the time. Uh, but uh, while he was praying, an angel appeared to him and um, Several things he said, he said he gave him 490 years. And let me, let me talk about this so you'll understand that God is very specific in how he does what he does. Uh, God spoke about 490 years of Israel's future because Israel had spent 490 years in disobedience. And one of the ways they disobeyed, listen to this, you've heard me say this before, was God told them in Leviticus 25, every seventh year you give your land a Sabbath rest don't plant crops let just volunteer crops grow but you let and they didn't do it they disobeyed god because they were worshipping false gods they didn't do it for 490 years every seventh year 70 times seven is 490 is that true so every seventh year, they didn't listen. And so God said through the prophet Jeremiah, since you didn't listen to me, Israel, since you were in disobedience and you didn't let the land rest, the land's gonna rest all at once because you're gonna be off of it in judgment. And so that's the reason for the Babylonian exile of the Israelites from their, from their home nation. And they went into Babylon and they were there for 70 years and the land rested for 70 years. And so God said, okay, since... Uh, to, to Daniel, okay, since uh, Israel disobeyed for 490 years, let me show you 490 years of Israel's future. So he talked to him about the walls being reestablished, about Israel going back into their country, about the exile being over and uh, the walls being rebuilt, which happened uh, uh, for, I don't want to get in, I'll, I'll, I'll go too far. Anyway, it happened and, and, and so 483 years of the 490 years that God showed Daniel, Happened all the way up until uh, Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. That ended 483 years that God showed Daniel. This is all in Daniel chapter 9. I don't have time to go there. But there's seven years. Now everybody listening? There's seven years of time that God showed Daniel that are yet to be fulfilled. And that's typically called Daniel's 70th week by many people. Uh, It's also called the tribulation by many people, Uh, you never find the term the tribulation. In the Bible, you hear the great tribulation, which is a portion of that seven-year time, but you never hear the term the tribulation. So I've got to explain my terms So tonight as I talk, um, when I say the tribulation, understand, I know there's no such thing as the tribulation. It's the 70th week of Daniel. Y'all get that? And it just happens to encompass seven years. So here's what we do know. And that's why I'm so excited about the Bible. And when I came to Jesus when I was 18, you know, uh, it's like life is a jigsaw puzzle. And, as I read the Bible, the pieces of the puzzle begin to fall in place in my personal life and then and then further, as I got into ministry and with school and all that, then the pieces of the puzzle of life and of the future begin to put together be put together and Then, what God said about end times, the puzzle pieces begin to be put together so Uh, It's exciting to me that God revealed what he did to Daniel because it gives us some tremendous insight on what we can understand will happen and not only with Daniel but then as Jesus came and talked about what would happen just before because his disciples asked him, what will the world be like just before you come back, Jesus, because he told him he was coming back. And Matthew 24, uh, Mark 13, Luke 21 uh, discussed that, and those are all three the, of the uh, passages in the Synoptic Gospels where Jesus talked about uh, end-time events to his disciples. And then, of course, Paul had something to say about the rapture of the church, First Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. And then Peter had some things to say about uh, the second coming of Christ and Second Peter. All these things are in my notes. And then uh, John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was uh, uh, well into his, man, 90s and uh, 80s 90s Jesus appeared to him on the Isle of Patmos and he was there because the uh, Emperor Domitian just did not like him and uh, just hated him so he banished him to the island by himself and, uh, and there Jesus appeared to him the same Jesus that, that John said that which we have seen and heard we declare to you and Jesus appeared to him and, and instead of saying well hi Jesus let's have a conversation Jesus was in radiant glory and the whole book of Revelation was enfolded to John there and I'm so grateful, I don't know why I'm weeping, but I'm so grateful to God that we have that book because we understand what's going to ha- the scenario of what's going to happen. And you know, when you understand what's going to happen, it takes some of the scariness out of it. And here's what I know about the Lord. The Lord's going to take care of you. And he's going to take care of me. There's some hellacious times coming to the world. People are not prepared. People don't prepare for future life. You know, like when uh, a hurricane comes and all the grocery store shelves are empty. What does that tell you? People don't prepare until the last minute and they, they get caught unawares, right? And that's what's going to happen with end time. So God doesn't want you to be unaware. He wants you to be aware, right? So can I talk a while? Yeah, is that all right? So here we go. So there's a lot in these notes, and I'm trying to uh, summarize this in some way as the clock says, hurry up. So here we are. We are in a time, and I'm going to point one here. Let me say this first of all. There is a verse that keeps coming to me in First Chronicles 12. Uh, first Chronicles 12 is a time... Uh, is, is is mentioning the time between Saul's reign as king and call, Saul lost his kingship because of disobedience to God, right? And God just took the anointing off of him. And, and then David was anointed as king, but he didn't become king immediately. And then eventually when David was in Hebron, uh, you know, God said, okay, it's time. Uh, Saul's tenure is over. It's time for you to you know, pull up your stakes and let's let's go to Jerusalem and let's let this happen. So, so First Chronicles twelve lists all of the people that are going to be helping David with his kingdom and with the change. And just want to mention First Chronicles twelve thirty two of the sons of Issachar. It says, who had understanding of the times. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? To know what Israel ought to do. And then it says their chiefs were two hundred. And all their brethren were at their command. But they were a group of people uh, during the change between Saul and David who had understanding concerning the times. Who knew what Israel ought to do in the change of kingship and what that would bring to the nations. Now, see, that's, uh, that's such an interesting verse to me. See, now, now you can extrapolate out of that today. Uh, God wants us as believers to know what's going to be happening so that we can warn people, encourage people, and we can use be used, as I'm going to talk about Sunday morning, by the Holy Spirit to minister life to others. How many hear me? So tonight is all about what's going to be happening. We, how many know we need Issachar's race today? How many want to be part of a new Issachar's race where, where God will show you the things to come? Well, it's, it's readily available in Scripture. Let me also say, a lot of people are afraid. A lot of pastors don't talk about end times. And uh, one thing I'm, I'm really grateful for, my pastor in Tulsa, um, Bob Yandon, I was there for eight years, uh, six years on staff, eight years total. And, uh, you know, he blessed my life. He was one of my first pastors I knew that really taught in depth on end times. And before I left Tulsa in 1988 to start a church and then had a ministry and all that, uh, I went to him and said, what books do you study? Because I'd been to two Bible schools. I've been to three at the time. And, um. Is there what books so he showed me all of his theological books on end times. And I, I mean I read every one of them, you know. And I've just always had this interest in end time things. So and hence I uh, taught the book of Revelation from two thousand nineteen to 2021 on Wednesday night. So it's available. Somehow we're going to make that public again. Anyway, um, here are some key points that I want to bring out. Number one, we're in a time of change unlike anything we have seen in our lifetime. Now, there is a hyperlink on the notes at the top. I just actually added this just before the service. And there's one, I listen. I listen, when I'm cutting, I have a riding lawnmower, good size yard. uh, And I listen to, I don't waste any time ever, so... If I'm walking, I walked almost three miles today after I studied and prayed and I was listening to a podcast. In fact, I listened to Steve uh, Chikalanti. Thank you for correcting me. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But this, a couple of days ago, I was cutting my yard. I listened to Sid Roth, uh, Rabbi Felix Halpern. I listened to it three times. I thought, man, I got to hear this. He was a Jewish, a Messianic Jew, he was a rabbi. But God had given him uh, insight about end times, and it was uh, completely amazing. And one thing he said was, we're going into a time unforeseen in human history, nothing like we've ever seen. And and, and we will never go back to what was. The The normals are gone. And he said that. Uh, with his understanding of uh, Judaism and the Torah and the uh, Hebrew texts and such and, and and so go listen to that and that's the hyperlinks there and I think it's uh, 30 minutes or so you'll really enjoy it uh, we are leaving and I've said this before we're leaving a time of grace the church age is a grace age it's a gra- it's the, the grace of God is man- manifested through the church and our job has been to preach the gospel to every creature right so but we're at the very close of that age and we're at the very last of the last days. Literally, uh, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost happened, that began the last days. And then we've been in the last days for, you know, 2,000 years. But now we're at the very close, the very end of the last days. And And that's the seven years. We're very, very close to those seven years manifesting. So I'm going to come back to this article in just a second. But let me finish my thought patterns here. We're living the age of grace going into a time of judgment. So it's going to be a really peculiar time. It already is peculiar. And you'll have to admit that, that, you know, we're seeing things we've never seen in our nation worldwide. Uh, There's so much instability, and I'll get into that in just a minute. The world is being prepped. For the last seven years prior to Jesus coming, the world's being prepped for a global government to arise. Now, you're hearing these terms, the 2030 reset and all that. You've heard those things. Well, all of that has to do, and the Bible prophesied that it was going to be happening. So here we are. So um, there's going to be a financial crisis worldwide. We're really close to it now. Nobody knows when the stuff's going to hit the fan, but it will. Um, national borders worldwide are being breached. And... Uh, The histories of nations are being erased. That's why statues are falling, and that's why nations are really in tumult. If you look around, other than the legacy media in America, you'll find out the world is in utter turmoil. Have y'all figured that out yet? All right, so second point I have. Seems as though Daniel 9.27 could be fulfilled very shortly, within a few months. And I said that because of what God said through Daniel in Daniel 9.27, so let me read it. Uh, and i put some of my comments in the scripture that he'll show. This is New King James. Then he, the leader of the Middle East, perhaps the world governments, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. That makes absolutely no sense to most people. So let me interpret it to what it's really saying is there is a person that will arise that will make a treaty uh, for for seven years. And that starts the last seven years that God showed Daniel of of human time uh, just before the Messiah returns. Now that's really exciting. Now what did he say would happen that, that begins that time? Then he, the Antichrist, he shall confirm a covenant now, that word covenant, and if you'll go to the next screen there, that word covenant, I just went to my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. It could be translated several things, and I've underlined it in my notes. I don't know if I did it in yours or not. The screen's not working, so I don't know what's going on. Is it, it's not there? Okay. Something will happen anyway. Confederacy, Covenant, League, Alliance, Agreement, Pledge, Treaty. That word could be translated all of those things. So just hear me out for just a minute. When I read this article, and there are several news articles and blurbs about what's going on with Saudi Arabia. It looks like within the next few months, and they said it's going to take a few months. And there's only a small window of time, but there's at least 15 nations that are wanting to work with Saudi Arabia to renew Uh, to renew business relations with Israel, uh, with Saudi Arabia, with the other Middle Eastern nations, with India. and, And they're just wanting to create this big alliance so that they can do commerce and trade together and really work together in the way they never have. Don't forget that one of the huge signs that Jesus' return is on the horizon was in 1948 when Israel became a nation again in May of 1948. It was prophesied, I've got at least 24 scripture that I have found that where God said, before the Messiah returns, the the, um, the, uh, my people who have been scattered all over the world will come back. They will be, there will be a honing device placed within them. That's my words, not scripture, but I'm summarizing. There will be a honing device placed within them. They go back to their land. And that started happening at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, 1917. There was a, a man called Henry Balfour... And it was the Balfour Declaration which gave Jews worldwide permission to go back to a desert place called Israel and go back and, and begin to settle there. It was a desert place. Nothing would grow there. And now the desert has blossomed like a rose. And that's a big sign to us that Jesus is coming back. Um, for the first time, really, since Bible days, the, um, uh, the Jews regained um uh control of uh, Jerusalem in 1967 then in 2017 for instance our um our what do you call it I just lost the term anyway we put our headquarters for America in Jerusalem right what embassy thank you very much from Tel Aviv to uh, Jerusalem that was and now other nations are beginning to do that and it tells you that the Bible is fulfilling itself what God says always happens God is not a man that he should lie so these things are happening very very rapidly but this right here this right here uh, it looks like this really could be and I've been looking for it and I've been praying Lord would you just show me when that seven year starts because once it starts y'all we got seven years until Jesus comes back And there's a lot that's going to be happening. And if I can hurry up, you'll see real quickly what's going to be happening. So that's why I'm saying this is so significant. And I'll let you know when I hear, well, it's been ratified. The peace, the treaty's been ratified. You just know the seven years has begun. Is that exciting? Now, I said that for a particular reason. Um, I've got to skip around these notes because I have so much to say. Um, I've, I said that for a reason because a lot of believers, in Amer- particularly in America, some other Western nations, but there is a belief system in America that once that seven year starts, the rapture occurs. Now, now um, most pastors will teach that in America. And I'm saying this tonight, and if you don't want to agree with me, I'm just great. <laughs> it's okay with me. I actually hope I'm wrong. And I hope people are right that say the the rapture is going to happen when this seven-year peace treaty starts. I hope that's correct. And there are people that are smarter than me that are saying that today. And I've noticed on Facebook, I've noticed on you know, social media outlets that I look at and such that there's a lot of uh, verbiage coming out about the rapture of the church, get ready, the rapture could happen at any time. I keep hearing that over and over again, and I could name some big name ministers and ministries that are very familiar with most people in the West, and uh, and, uh, and you would say, yep, they've been talking about that. If you travel around the world, people don't think the way we think in America at end times. I, I wasn't aware of that. I've traveled to... Um, I've taken over 40 short-term trips to various nations, about 17, 18 nations. And, you know, just talking to people and stuff and then studying myself. So 13 years ago, God changed my tune. I used to think that once this once, once this treaty's ratified, uh, we're out of here. Rapture happens. I, I hope that's right. I actually preached that for, I looked it up today, I preached that for 20, um, 23 years, 25 years but I can't preach it anymore. Uh, I started studying in depth and God put something on my heart in 2010, I've told you this. And, uh, and I began to see that we're gonna be here for a period of time, a part of that seven year period, we're gonna be there. Uh, I have an additional segment of notes in the notes that I ask you to look up at the very end. Most of church history, most of, most of the church age, first century, second century, third century and beyond, most Most of the early church fathers, we call them the anti-Nicene fathers, believed that the the church would be here during the rise of the Antichrist and for a period of time subsequent to that and then would go up. And most of the church age, and it was not until the 1840s that the ideology of a pre-tribulation rapture uh would would occur that really became in vogue and then in the early uh 20th century a lot of a number of the bible scholars particularly in america there's a y'all ever heard of the scofield reference bible i think that was actually first copyrighted in 1906 and ci scofield espoused that view and he had read the writings from the uh, 1840s and he he espoused that kenneth uh Kenneth Wiest and several others that are very prominent begin to say that, and so most people that have been to seminary, et cetera, uh, they espouse the belief of the pre-tribulation rapture, and I did as well, and all the pastors I hung out with did, and I preached it, and I preached it here when I first came here from 1994 until 2010, and then I had Eat Crow Sunday. I just say, well, y'all, I mean, God to be something else. I, I think what I've been saying is wrong, and I have scriptural validation for that. So, you know, uh, you don't have to agree with anything I'm saying. I just want to warn you, and, and I just want to be a pastor. My heart, I just love people, and I, I want you to hear what I'm saying, whether you agree with me or not. And if you don't want to agree, you can come up after a service and say, I'll agree with you a bit. And i say, great, I hope you're right. And if we go up before all this happens, I'll say, yeah, you're right. Yay! (laughs) we don't have to go through some of this. But if I'm right and you're wrong, then you need to hear what I'm saying. Because we got some really hellacious times coming. Now, in the middle of that, God's going to take care of us. How many hear me? There's a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit that hasn't happened yet. How many think God wants it to happen? How many think God left us here for people to come to Jesus? How many, many think that when God said he's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance? He really meant that. And so we got work to do before he comes. So anyway, I'm going to cut through the chase on this. Here's what I do see. Instead of the rapture happening right when this peace treaty is signed, uh, I can see us staying here for a few years, uh, for the first few years. Uh, the beginning three and a half years of that, um, politically, the Antichrist person, which will, won't will be called that, probably be like the person that is working in league with uh, the global government. Uh, so what's the guy's name? Steve, what's his last name? Chicalante. I can't pronounce that. Chicalante. Steve Chicalante. I listened to him. I walked almost three miles there. I listened to him the whole time. And Steve thinks that this, uh, this crown prince, uh, uh, crown prince, Uh, uh, Mohammed bin uh, Salman who is is the heir to the throne in Saudi Arabia his dad's the the prince right now but he's the crown prince which means he's going to succeed his father he's 38 years of age very articulate very nice he knows how to make friends with enemies and uh Uh, He thinks he may be the Antichrist, or at least his his second cousin or somebody close to him, so I don't know. I'm just saying that all these things are working out very rapidly. You hear what I'm saying? And so let me go further. I have a lot I want to say, so what I want to do is uh, I think we're going to be here for a few years into that seven-year period that Daniel mentioned that people typically call the tribulation. So let me, can I go through this quickly? And I've got, I think, six or seven points, eight points here that I can do it fairly quickly. Here's what you can look for in the future. Number one, a treaty with and this is in the notes, a treaty with Israel stating, uh, starting the seven-year period to just mention that. Second thing you can look for is what Jesus called birth pangs in Matthew 24. I've talked about this, you've heard me talk about this. And the parallel to Matthew 24 is Revelation chapter six. That's par- that, that's a parallel chapter. You can, you can go uh, verse by verse and look at those seals that are being broken in Revelation six and you can read Jesus' verbiage about that in Matthew 24. It's very, very interesting. From that, here's what we know is going to be happening and it's all beginning to happen now in the not-too-distant future. So birth pains, which include a rising global conflict, that is happening. We literally are on the verge of World War III. If you listen to anything other than the legacy media, which means ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, blah, 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 blah. They just won't talk about it because they're paid to, to have a certain viewpoint. Did you hear what I'm saying? I know you may not understand that, but I promise you that's true. I have done a lot of research. So you just got to be aware that we are really close to so many conflicts in so many ways. A rise in fierce weather anomalies. An anomaly is something that's not normal. It's like a hiccup. Things don't normally happen it it's happening different, so that's an anomaly. So, uh, fierce weather anomalies are beginning to occur and will only get worse. A great increase in earthquake activity. Jesus mentioned this in Matthew twenty-four. Other related passages. Inflation on steroids. Now we already see inflation in America; it's uh, in excess. I didn't really, look recently in excess ten percent. It's way up. Y'all know. I don't. Even, I didn't look lately, but it's you know. You go to the grocery store. If you can come out of the grocery store. Uh, from under a hundred dollars, I want to know how you did it. <laughs> How'd you do that, right? So, inflationals and, and and that's it's mild right now. It's gonna get worse. So, inflational steroids, food shortages. The Bible talks about these things: famines, pestilences. It mentions. Um, Man-made or natural pandemics as bad or worse than COVID. I know this is challenging to read, but just let me let me share it with you. A challenge to free speech that's already happening worldwide in our nation. Religious freedoms, property rights, personal autonomy. How many know the whole goal really is government control, right? Um, lawlessness creating cultural and societal division and autonomy and uh, and an animosity. So. You know, the, the thing with the lawlessness is really bothering me. I mean, if they are laws, we ought to keep them. And, and we should not break them ourselves, right? So we should, we should set the example. All of these things are already in place and already in force. They're just going to be exacerbated or stretched. And you can see that that's going to be happening in the not-too-distant future. Um, number three, the Great Tribulation... Uh, will start with the rebuilding of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem that's going to be desecrated by whoever this person, the Bible terms, Antichrist is, a global leader, um, and and the seven-year peace treaty will be broken. So what's going to happen is if this is it, and it really could be, and I'll let you know, then you got about three and a half years and things are going to really heat up in the Middle East and, and their economic engine's going to start roaring back to life and they're going to be in cahoots with India and parts of Asia and uh, Europe and the Middle East and Israel, Saudi Arabia. Man, they're just going to be grinding. I mean, they're going to be working really hard and uh, they're gonna have a, they'll, they'll have some fierce competition actually with the United States. So be, be looking for that. But, but three and a half years into that, uh, there, something terrible is going to happen, and the person that makes this peace with Israel is going to turn coat on them and I do want to read it y'all okay uh, let me see where I am. Uh, I had to back up I'm sorry. oh here we are so so what 's going to happen is what happened in one hundred sixty seven b c antiochus epiphanes was a was a was a Greek uh, conqueror, and um, he conquered israel and did some really bad things uh, to, to Israel and to the Israelites and to their temple. That's going to happen again under the rule of the the person that the Bible terms the Antichrist. And I want to read this. There's one guy that I love his writings. I have lots of his books. William Barclay was a theologian from England, and he's a wonderful man. I, his heart is the oh, it just make you weep. But here's what he said about what happened to Israel. Uh, with the abomination of desolation. Jesus talks about, Daniel talked about, and here's what it was. He says it was in 170 B.C. that the deluge really came in that year. Antiochus attacked Jerusalem. It it was said that 80,000 Jews perished. listen, and many were sold into slavery. The sum of 1,800 talents, a talent being the equivalent of 15 years wages for a laborer was stolen from the temple treasury. It became a capital offense, watch, to possess a copy of the law. The word of God was banished. Uh, Or to circumcise a child because that was part of Judaism. Um, A mother who did circumcise their children were crucified with their children hanging around their necks. The temple courts were profaned. The temple chambers were turned into brothels. Finally, Antiochus took the dreadful step of turning... Uh, The great altar of the burnt offerings into an altar to Olympian Zeus. And on it proceeded to offer swine's flesh to pagan gods inside the Jewish temple. And that is termed the abomination that causes desolation, or the abomination of desolation. Jesus said that's going to happen again with the with the uh, antichrist, this person's global leader that makes this treaty. He's going to turn against Israel, and similarly to what happened in 167 B.C., will happen again. And that starts what Jesus called the Great Tribulation, and the Great Tribulation is and, and uh, is just. Um, You don't know, maybe a a year, a year and a half or so. You know, you can't put specifics on it, but it's going to be at a very intense time of tremendous persecution of Jews and Christians. And and as I think about it, I I think the reason and the background of this is probably going to be our moral stance, the Judeo-Christian ethic of purity, of marriage being between a man and a woman, of their only being men and women, and not creatures that look like men but act like women, etc. Now, all that's in history, and all that's demonic, and all that's being being thrown at our culture today. Yes or no? Now it's strong, y'all, and so. Um, but uh, and, and the stance that the Bible takes against homosexual relationship and lesbian relationship. The Bible's very clear that you cannot be a practicing homosexual, fornicator, or lesbian, a practicing one. And say it's okay and act that way every day and go to heaven. Because Jesus changes us. And he brings a spirit of holiness and purity into our lives. So if you are challenged in those ways, don't act on them. And ask for God's grace to come into your life. Yes or no? Don't condemn people that are in those, those, those kinds of things. But pray for them. And let the Lord minister life, right? And and so I think that's going to be the source of the persecution, but it's going to be very very intense, uh, probably a year a year and a half. And Jesus said in Matthew twenty four twenty one, except that time was uh, was shortened, would uh, that no one would be able to survive. But for the elect's sake, the time is shortened. So the whole seven year period, you got three and a half years. Um, you know, there's, there's you know, the, the seals are breaking in Revelation 6. Go read it yourself. I don't have time tonight. Uh, Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8, are being fulfilled. I just mentioned all that. And, and then martyrdom actually begins to occur as well after um, the Antichrist turned coats on Israel and Jews and Christians are killed for what they believe. And, you know, the seedbed of those things, it's not really, it's not here in America. I hope it never comes. Uh, you need to vote right. Can I just talk? I think the next election will determine whether or not this nation exists as it has for over 200 years. The next election. Uh, We will either be a constitutional republic or something else. And if we are something else, then we will, as Americans, be forced to adapt and comply with the global governance and the global financial scheme. How I many hear what I'm saying? And I promise you, you don't want that, right? I've held out. I taught the book on Re- the book of Revelation, and I kept saying, you know, there is a, there is a slight chance that you know God could intervene and, and something could happen, and and somehow we we stay out of the whole global governance uh, situation. Uh, but if, uh, if we elect the wrong people and they make the wrong decisions, we have a lot of politicians that are paid under the table to turn their heads and not be constitutionalists. And if you don't understand the Constitution, go read it. If you don't understand the Bill of Rights, go read it, right? Most people are completely ignorant about these things today. And um, uh, wow, we are those upon whom the ends of the world have come. And we need to make right choices, right? Right? I'm just trying to share with you what's going on. So anyway, uh, so you got the birth pangs, those first three and a half years. You got the great tribulation, which is about a year and a half, year, year and a half or so. And then there's one other thing that Jesus did not mention in Matthew 24, Mark 13. Luke it's mentioned, Luke 21, 25. He talks about, uh, the Bible talks about the the last part of that seven-year period. It calls it the day of the Lord. Everybody say the day of the Lord. Now, if you listen to some people, the whole seven-year period is the day of the Lord. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's all in my notes. I just don't have any time to share it tonight. You can read the verbiage in the notes. And I have Old Testament, New Testament references to the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is when the wrath of God falls on earth. In fact, uh, everybody okay? I'm I'm trying to summarize and make sense, but I've got to skip a whole lot of stuff. Um, according, here's, here, this is uh, in my notes I don't know if they will be able to find it to throw it on the screen but here it is according to scripture the day of the Lord is more than a 24 hour period uh, it's not the whole 7 year period it's a time period that moves through a sequence of events where God judges through wrath the disobedience of mankind the nations that reject his plan Satan is a thief that has ruined his plan for a father and his family this day of the Lord culminates in the second coming of Christ to earth, ushers in the 1,000-year reign of Jesus, which ends with us living in the new heavens and new earth with God, our Father, in eternity. Isn't that awesome? As the sons and daughters. So, uh, that's kind of exciting. So, so uh, just look at me a minute. Like it's, it's, I want to make the simple... The complicated simple so so you got birth pangs first three and a half years or so you got the great tribulation right after the antichrist um the desecrates the rebuilt jewish temple it's going to be rebuilt very rustic nothing fancy won't be like Herod's temple, won't be like Solomon's temple. Be very simple because the Jews, the Hasidic Jews who don't believe that Jesus is Messiah, they're not, not Messianic Jews, they're going to want to do our, our animal sacrifices again. And they've got all the paraphernalia ready along with an animal called the red heifer. That's all got to be, and it's all in place. So they're just waiting. And they're ready. And God's going to let them do that. And that's going to happen on the Temple Mount where the Wailing Wall is, all that old area around there. It's going to happen somewhere over there. So, said all that to say, um, once that happens, and, and you, so you've got the birth pangs. In fact, if you will go to, the, uh, go to the second chart I have, I think. Chart number two. Ah, here we are. Let me turn this on. Ta-da. There we go. There we go. Pre-wrath rapture. So what I'm talking about is not a pre-tribulation rapture. What I'm talking about is a pre-wrath rapture of the church. So this whole, <clears throat> this whole seven-year period, most people that you hear will call this seven-year period uh, the day of the Lord. And they say the whole seven-year period is the wrath of God. I preached that for 25 years. That whole period is not the wrath of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, so this chart, let's look at the chart. And I'm going to come back and say what I'm going to say again. Here is the birth pangs or it says here, the begin, Jesus said it's the beginning of sorrows. So here's the Antichrist covenant. He signs the covenant uh, with the nations that surround Israel. That may be coming up soon, as I said. Then you got three and a half years of a pseudo peace between Israel and their neighbors. And then and then uh, three and a half years into it, the midpoint of it, that's when he comes and desecrates the rustically rebuilt Jewish temple, and then Jesus talked about the great tribulation, which is the time period when the Antichrist shows his true self, and, uh, and he begins to persecute Jews and Christians, like I said, and that time is cut short, so he got three and a half years here, and then this, this is an undetermined period of time, it may be you know, you just don't know. Uh, you, got, you got three and a half years from the mid, midpoint to the end, right? So, so in this three and a half year period, you got the great tribulation. Then you've got the day of the Lord. And then you've got the rapture of the church, okay? So, so you got three and a half years from the midpoint to here, right? So, so somewhere somewhere in the middle of that, somewhere, this great tribulation ceases. And how do we know it ceases? Now, this is all in the notes. Jesus said... Uh, the sun, right after that tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon won't give its light, the stars of heaven will not shine, and then he'll see. You, he said, "You'll see the Son of Man coming in power and great glory." My friends, that is, I believe, the rapture of the church. How do you know it's going to happen? Well. We've already been here through part of the reign of the Antichrist. So the whole seven years is not the wrath of God. That first part, it's the wrath of man. Let me answer the question. You've heard me say this before. Are we immune from persecution? Is the church immune even from being killed for their faith? Are people being killed for their faith in other parts of the world? What immunizes you? It's our Constitution. It's our Bill of Rights, right? If that's breached, you know, it'll be another tale to tell, right? So you just got to be aware of what's going on. And so the first part of this is the wrath of man, not the wrath of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, Romans 5, 9, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain mercy by our Lord Jesus Christ. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him, right? Right, So so, so we don't incur God's wrath. And most people that say that, the, that we cannot be here the seven years, they say that because the, they think the whole time is the day of the Lord. No, the day of the Lord is at the very end. See right here? We'll talk about it in just a minute. That's when God's wrath falls. This whole thing is not God. This part right here, this is the wrath of man. And there's persecution and uh, deep persecution and great tribulation. And that's the wrath of the Antichrist. And we're not immune, immunized from that. I don't see where we are. What we are immunized from is when all hell breaks loose and nature turns awry. Nature turns against life. That's the wrath of God. And it's absolutely um, treacherous. I'm looking for an adjective. It's terrible. And I have all of the scriptures in the notes. I why well, I want you to go read them. I don't have time to read them tonight. If you go read the verbiage from the Old Testament, New Testament, man... It's like, what, can I read one? Just listen. I think this one may summarize, and I have skipped a whole lot of stuff. Um, here we are. Let me go to Amos chapter 5. Yeah. So here, here's what that day that is going to be like. But woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion... And a bear met him. That means he's in heaping big trouble. (laughs) Or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness and all? And that's a simple summary of the fact that nothing you do works. Everything's against you. Everything is against life. It's a time of wrath. It's a time of exceeding judgment. Against God's enemies, the Antichrist, against the demon spirits and fallen angels that are working with him. And then also the human personalities that are enforcing his rule. And then the dumbed down people who are still having sex, worshiping false gods. And they refuse to obey God even though all hell is breaking loose. And that's the wrath of God. And this latter part right here, this may be up to two years of time. This is called in the book of Revelation, starting with Revelation. You remember Revelation 8 starts out with the seventh, seventh seal being broken on the scroll in God's right hand. And then, and then a trumpet. There's seven trumpets that blow. Remember that? Uh, you remember reading it? Well, go read it if you hadn't read it lately. Well, Revelation 8 starts out. There's silence in heaven for 30 minutes. I mean, ain't nobody saying nothing. The angels fold their wings. They put their trump- trumpets down. God's just sitting on his throne. He's stoic. Something grand, something big is about to happen, and everybody's freaking out. The angel's just sitting there. And and then all of the prayers of the saints of the ages waft up into the nostrils of God as as an odor. And it comes before his throne. And I don't know what he does. Maybe he just does something to one of the angels with the trumpet. That first trumpet blows, meteorites fall that's the wrath of God that is not the wrath of man before that the sun will be darkened one day you'll go outside say "Sunshine ain't bright today and you'll go all day and say that's really weird there's not a cloud in the sky but well, what happened to the sun and then at night you'll go go out to do something you know feed the dog or whatever I can hardly see the stars what's up and the moon what's up with the moon there's not a cloud in the sky there's not even smoke what is it that's a sign Jesus is about to come back. Now, I don't know about you. I've tried to think through that. It's kind of going to be freaky, right? But it's telling you that Jesus is about to come and rescue you. And your body's about to change. And you're about to go up. And all of your dead relatives and friends that have known Jesus and they've, uh, they've been interred, they're coming out of their graves. And they're going to have glorified bodies. And your, glo- your body's going to change on the way up. Boom. <clears throat> And you're going up to heaven to be with Jesus. And then then you're going to come back with him and live and reign for a thousand years. is that exciting? So that's what is to come. Now, now, I'm I'm almost done. Everybody good? So I want to add this. And I, you know, I just think a lot about all this and how it's going to work out because I'm a pastor. And I want you all to be forewarned so you can be forearmed. And just be aware of some really hellacious times are coming. But don't forget a few things. Uh, don't forget that uh, when the wrath of God fell during Noah's time. Question, did God prepare Noah and his family for the flood? It, 120 years. I mean, it took 120 years to build the ark. and They built it. And they got on there just as the rain began to fall and the floodgates opened up. Uh, question, did God take care of, um, of Israel during the 10 Egyptian plagues? Uh, Question, did God take care of Israel during Joseph's time when there was a severe famine and everybody would have died? Yes or no? Land of Goshen is where God's people stayed. And even during the 10 plagues in Exodus, as the Israelites went out of, of Egypt, God protected them and cared for them. And watched over them. Do you think that he's going to ne- going to neglect us, the church of the Lord Jesus? He is the head, we're the body. Does he love us as much as he loves himself? Of course, of course. Is he going to take care of you? Will it be a challenging time? Yes, but you know what? You can expect the grace and mercy of God to, to be on your life as all of these events unfold, Right? And so now's the time to clean up. Uh, if you say, well, Pastor, I got a lot of changing to do. Well, so do I. Let's get after it. And let's seek him, right? But I just want you to be aware. It looks like we don't have a long time left. Once this treaty, if this is what it is, if this treaty, signed, do the math. Can, I'll end with this. So do the math. Think it. Figure it out. So you got, if it starts, let's say it starts 2024. So you got 2024. You got 2025. You got 2026, 20, right? And, and, and then another half a year, six months. And, and then the Antichrist is going to be crazy. He's going to do crazy stuff right here, right? That's the midpoint, right? If, that, if that's right. And, and then, and then the, the great tribulation where, I mean, all hell breaks loose and tremendous persecution. Some people lose their lives. They might be standing in front of you with a, with a knife or a gun and say, Leave Jesus alone and I'll let you live. And I'll say. pull the trigger. Jesus loves you. (laughs) And my next moment of life will be in his presence. And you too, right? I don't know. So, so figure it out. You got, uh, 2020, 24, then you go on 24, 25, 26, 27, right? 27 and a half, right? Uh, 28. Now watch, watch. So, so, so you got from, from the beginning right here, you got about five years or so ish and Jesus could come back are y'all ready for that are you preparing your children for that are you getting ready personally for that right think about it so one other little caveat here and this may be nothing but I think it's could be consequential 2019 I mentioned this a few Sundays ago but it didn't go into detail uh this man named Thomas Horn. y'all ever heard of Thomas Horn? I said this on a Sunday morning, but I need to, in context, mention it here. Uh, this man, when he came to Jesus in the 1950s, he was just married. He came to Jesus, and he started having very vivid dreams. And those dreams were of the Lord, and they came to pass. And if you listen to Thomas Horn, uh, he will show, tell you all of his adventures with dreams and, and them coming to pass. And then he had one in 2019. And he tells you the ones before to give credence to, I just had one, I think it's going to happen. This happened in 2019, he woke up one night, he was so disturbed, he wrote it all down, it freaked him. He says, and this is his verbiage, he says, it freaked me out. He had a dream, and in the dream, a, me- a huge meteor hit the ocean between uh, California and Mexico, in the Pacific Ocean, Phew. pew. And he was with a group of people that were trying to flee what was happening. And mist came up into the atmosphere. The sun was clouded out. And everything began to change. And it was terrible and horrible. And at the very end of that, he got a, a word. A word. And the word was apophis. The very end of the dream. You can listen. Um, yeah, I didn't put it in the notes. But it's, you can go to YouTube. Just type in Sid Roth. He has a, a program. He's from Charlotte. And he interviewed um, uh, Thomas Horn. I think it took 24 minutes. So, 24 minutes of your time is worth it. There's another YouTube video, 11 minutes, where he. Just clearly describes the dream he had. So in the dream, Apophis. Apophis um, is the Egyptian god of destruction. Then he started doing some research. He talked to mathematicians that he knew that worked for Google. Everybody okay? I'm almost done. I went a little over, but I got to get this out. Um, and then he also talked to people that he knew in NASA. And he found out from his friends in NASA that yes, um, there, is, there is a meteorite we found in 2004 and uh uh velocity times mass times trajectory equals it looks like it could hit the earth listen april 13th 2029 now that may not happen but he swears it's going to happen he's got a book he put a book out called the wormwood prophecy going back to revelation chapter 8 and the meteorites that look like they're falling on Earth with the trumpets that are being blown. So anyway, it's really interesting to, to read about all that. So anyway, NASA hit it for years, and now they've come out. And there was just a recent article. One of our men actually read an article about it yesterday morning in our men's group at 6.30 in the morning and mentioned it because now it's coming back to the forefront. NASA, NASA admits, yes, there is a rock, there is a meteorite. It's about the length of three football fields. It's huge, just absolutely huge. And it's going to come... Uh, between the moon and the earth it's going to come within 23,000 miles of the earth. That's what they say. And there's a chance that when it comes uh, by the moon, the gravitational force of the moon will push it back out for another seven years, and then it comes back. But nobody's sure, but Thomas Horn says, because I saw that and God gave me that, he says, I believe it's going to happen. Now, now, it could be, and I'm not saying it is. I'm just throwing it out there because it is in my thought life. That could be this right here that could be this right here did you hear me and if that's this right here and that's 2029, all this kind of falling into place like dominoes right so i mean jesus could be coming back so i don't know it may not happen that way and god may say stop the clock let's wait some longer some time longer right but if he doesn't just be aware that time is short so there's a lot going on you're going to hear about a lot of stuff. And some things that people say are outlandish. Just make sure the scripture validates what you say. I don't have scriptural validation for POFUS to hit... April 13th, 2029. You got that? There is no scriptural validation. But it's really uncanny that the Bible says that's going to happen. And that's when God's wrath starts. And it just happens to be about five years after this right here, if that's what it is. Does that make sense? So it makes you turn your head and go, wow, I think I need to do some praying. Maybe I need to witness for Jesus, right? So how many are ready for Jesus to come back? So if you're totally confused, I wanted to ask questions, but I had no time. And I took more time than I meant. And I didn't even get to the notes hardly. So stand up on your feet with me. And I just want you to lift your hands and worship the Lord a minute. Come on, lift your hands up with me. Close your eyes. We're going home. All is well. Lord, you have placed us in the family of God for this time. Hands up. Regardless of what comes, you've made us ready. The Holy Spirit's in us. We have the Word. We have each other. We have your love. We have your promises. We know how to pray. (laughs) We have authority over the devil and the demonic world. And and you're going to use us in a grand way in the days to come. So I'm asking you for every person in this room, put something in us uh, that causes us to want you more than the flesh. And want you more than the culture that seems to be going downward rapidly. Help us to want you more than the friendship of what we term the world. Help us to want you, sir. Give us a craving for spiritual things, for spiritual reality. And I pray for every person in the room and every person watching online in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your drawing power be sensed by us all. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father himself draw him. Lord, draw us to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, give us a hunger for your word, a hunger for fellowship with you. Place us where we belong. Many people belong right here at Victory Church. Other people belong at other places. But put us in a place where we can grow, we can let our light shine, and we can make disciples of people. Give us opportunities to share Jesus.